If you like the Middle-Aged Man Talk podcast, consider giving us your support on Patreon. Hello and welcome to the Middle-Aged Man Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan. And I'm your other host, Richard. And Richard's looking at his phone. But Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Richard brought out a big bag of speckle-ass. 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 Dutch... Not speckled-ass. <laughs> these, these are German-Dutch cookies. Wait. So these are yeah, so these these are the German style made in Germany, I guess, but they're very similar to the Dutch yeah. speckles cookie. So these are like a Christmas cookie. Yeah. If you notice that the prominent design is a windmill. Yeah. Yeah, they all have different designs. Like one's like a dog, and one's like a bird, and one's a windmill, one's an elephant. So, Richard, happy New Year's. How's your New Year's? This definitely isn't the 10th of December. Nope, not at all. So far, this year's been going great. <laughs> it's a fun thing to say at the end of the year. So far this year, we're, we're on the 365th day in, and so far, this has been a pretty good year. It, you could turn at any time now, but What are so your hopes far? for the rest of the year? I don't know. That doesn't get any worse. <laughs> That's right. Day Boyle, Session IPA. Ooh, it's a light one. Boyle, Day Boyle. Day boil. A boil? Day boiling is an art. So what are you drinking? Drinking beer? Yeah, I'm drinking beer. So this is... Kitty Vitty? Yep. Day boil session IPA. Yeah, which means that session IPAs are IPAs that are generally about 4, 4.5% alcohol. Um, they're, they're, it's, meant you're, it's meant so that you can have like three or four of them in a session. Mm-hmm. Day Boyle is a crush, crushable session IPA for those times when the fog lifts and the washers come out. That's very newfie. I'm going to be able to Google that. Yeah. This tropical citrus explosion... Tropical citrus explosion. ...has your back when the clock strikes strikes noon. Noon 30 in Newfoundland. Everything's half an hour later in Newfoundland. Yep. We fizzed and exploded out of the can. Yep. It's a literal citrus explosion. Good. First sip, first sip was good. A lot of head on that. Some people that you shouldn't pour down the side of the glass. Pour in the middle. What? What? You're you're a beer guy, like a beer maker. So should you actually pour along the side of the glass or right down the center, or how should you pour a beer? However you enjoy it the most. Honestly, when it comes to alcohol and that sort of stuff, if you like fruity beers, light beers. Drink pretty light beers. You know, you don't you don't have to force yourself to drink a sour beer because you know you, to be a serious beer drinker or anything like that. You know, there's also choice now too. Like you can go get any kind of beer you want anywhere. Yeah, um, I do enjoy. There are certain times when I really really enjoy a light beer. But for how you pour a beer, you know, some people oh you should never drink a beer from a can. Well, if you like it out of the can, drink it out of the can. Um, the can can be handy sometimes. So the argument about pouring it. Uh, down the side of the glass is that you end up with a lot more carbonation in it still. So side of, side of the glass pour equals more carbonation, more fizz. Yes, um, which a lot of beers are brewed with the intention of, you know, okay, when you pour them out, you'll knock a bunch of the carbonation out so they're actually higher carbonated in the can so they'll be a little bit flatter and so that, you know, get the right carbonation level for the style. 
But that's those very nitty gritty. Those things are arbitrarily decided, anyways. Oh, this style is supposed to be carbonated to this many pounds of CO two. You know, um, right? I mean, it's it's like the the thickness of pizza crust. And what's the correct thickness? There isn't one. It's whatever you like. Yeah. Um, There is something to be said about you know, there is a reason why certain beers should be drunk cold and certain beers should be drunk warm, warmer. So when you say warm, you mean like cellar temperature. Yeah, so 15 right. degrees Celsius. Right, because cellar temperature isn't as cold as a refrigerator, but it's colder than room temperature. Yeah. Right. Well, actually, it is. And actually, this is the difference. In North America, 50, it's about 15 degrees Celsius, and cellar temperature in the UK is about 10 degrees Celsius. Because room temperature over there is about 15 degrees Celsius. Oh, that's interesting. It's good beer conversation, this. But... Part of the reason for pouring, as a serious beer connoisseur, more violently, is then you can assess the head retention and that sort of stuff in, in the beer. Which, when oh. you're judging a beer, that's important. Now, mind you... Oh, how, how quickly the bubbles burst. Yeah, exactly. Right, okay. Head retention. Don't lose your head. Yeah, and so you, you don't want it to lose his head. And, you want, and this, this has got a very loose head. Whereas something like a Guinness has a very tight, small-bubbled head. Yes, I'm um, not giggling like a schoolboy. And it's a very creamy head. You prefer a loose or tight head? Well, as long as it's creamy, I don't mind. Oh, my. Nice, nice creamy finish. Creamy finish. <laughs> a cream ale? Oh. What is this? This is an IPA you're drinking? It's an IPA. So Session IPA. We already said that. And strictly speaking, a session IPA is just a pale ale. Right. And more specifically, an American-style pale ale. Okay. American style pale ho- ales are hoppy ales, pale ales. Okay. The other interesting thing is that a pale ale is not like a lager. It's not clear. It has got quite a bit of color to it because slightly more opaque. When the the term pale ale was popularized in England, you had your dark ales and your pale ales. Well, your dark ales were made with mostly with even or just your ales. Just your ales were, were made with peat-smoked um, malts. Okay. Because peat was cheap. Sure. Yeah, it makes sense. Or coal-smoked. Coal-smoked. Yeah, so basically, it wasn't, wasn't, even, wasn't even quite smoked, but it was basically what they do is they, they'd have the, uh, in the um, the drying rooms for when, they're, the, when they were uh, malting their barley would be, the, under the floors, they would have coal fires. It would keep everything dry and hot. And yeah, but of course, smoke. These are these are masonry floors, um, right. so brick floor, so the smoke would seep through. So you'd end up with like, getting, and you'd end up with very dark. The, the, the malts would end up fairly dark, mm. um, so your beers would be very dark. And so a pale ale just just was that you didn't have any of that burnt or in. It was a it was a new uh, technique for malting. For um, I think they may have. You know, for drying the grain, the the malted grains. Okay, it's interesting. Yeah, malt. So the process of malting is you cut, you, you let the grains germinate. The the uh, okay, barley sprouted. Gra- That's the hipster word. Sprouted. Yes, activated. Activated. Yes. Um, this is my sprouted grain beer. Ooh. Yeah. So you let it sprout, and then you have to dry it out. The reason why you let it sprout is because then. The um, it releases the enzymes to break down the starches into sugars. Oh, uh, okay, that's interesting. That's really, there's really quite a bit of um, 
chemistry to beer making, yeah. you know, to, to, to really make it consistently and make it well. There really is quite a bit of uh, chemistry and timing. And even the technique and how you prepare the ingredients has a huge effect on the, uh, the yeah. final outcome. Head retention has to do with the, the amount of protein in the beer. Oh, okay. Yeah, more protein, more head. Oh, really? Um, so Guinness has a higher protein content, I guess, then? Guinness has a bit of a trick. Oh, okay. Guinness is carbon is is not just carbonated; it is nitrinated. Oh, like a um, like one of those coffees, one of those cold brew coffees. Where they... So, where the, basically what they've done is they um, they use uh, on on draft they use uh, what's called beer gas. Okay. And they have a creamer head, um, so basically there's a bunch of little small holes, and so what it does is it basically knocks the. Uh, and so there, it's a mixture of carbon dioxide and uh, nitrogen. And that really gets it all frothed up. Yeah, it gets a little, little tiny, tiny um, bubbles. Okay. From the can, they have a widget, a little ball thing. Yeah, I've, I've had the widget beer before. Yeah. So what they have actually is a li- little cone at the uh, on the top that contains a widget. It also contains compressed nitrogen. Oh, that all comes out. And when so when you, that's when you open it, there's that. Pfft, pfft, Right, and so the compressed nitrogen fires the ball into the into the beer, which is carbonated with, with uh, um, CO two, and causes it to start foaming. And so you pour this foamy beer, and you get this nice cascade effect. And right, um, you know that the, um, the little widget thing, you know, inside a beer can. Apparently, there's some group in the UK. Uh, they named that the best invention of the 20th century. The 20th century invented what? Like the airplane, uh, the computer, like telecommunications. Like, like there's countless things that were invented in the 20th century. Nuclear power. What was the best invention? Making beer better in a can. Yes. I'll wait for you to... The, beer, the, the beer widget. All right. So, um, New Year's. we are talking about champagne rather than beer. Champagne. So... One of, the, one of the family traditions I used to have growing up is we get, like, a good feed of takeout at New Year's. We get, like, often it was KFC, like a fried chicken thing, the big family meal. Did you guys do it, too? Yeah, we did that, too. Uh, that, that's a big New Year's thing in Canada, isn't it? Not not when we were did New Year's at home, but we growing up, we went to my uh, aunt and uncle's, uh, which is, you know... North of Toronto. North of Toronto. It's a four-hour drive from where we were. And we'd be out there, and yeah, we'd pick up KFC... And they always had uh, um, Kentucky top. Fried Chicken, not Kitchen Fresh Chicken. Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yes, and they always had uh, the Pop Shop Pop. The Pop Shop, little glass bottles of pop. Oh, okay, the yeah, pop yeah. Shop, and it's shop with spelled S H O P P E. Right, shop, shoppy, shoppe, shoppe, or shoppe. It's French. And so we'd have the KFC and have these pops, and but most of the time, me and my cousins, we'd my I should say us kids and my cousins, we'd play like video games until midnight. Yeah, that's kind of fun when you're a kid. We we had some extended cousins, like kind of like that greater, bigger cousin group, where like I think I think their dad was my grandfather's first cousin, and like other you know it gets really like big and family at that point. But we we go over there for New Year's often. And we thought it was where we'd stay up late. We were playing, like, Mega Man on, like, a Nintendo. Just, an original Nintendo. And, we'd, and there was, like, always kind of food and stuff. But it's uh, 
I remember one year, and this is really stupid what my, my, my mother and her sister did, but I was, I don't know how old I was, I'll say like eight or nine, maybe ten years old, and it was New Year's, but there was having kind of, like, kind of more low-key when there was a lot of family visiting, so my aunt was visiting us. So it's like midnight, yay! And like, like all, all the adults, there's maybe there's like, I don't know, like five or six adults, you know? And they're like, yeah! And then they come, they got me out of bed, because I was like, what's going on? They're like, oh, come on, oh, you're awake! Yay, Happy New Year! I'm like, it's New Year's? I didn't even know it was New Year's. I was like, eight, didn't even know? I was like, I thought we were going to go to our cousin's house. Oh, no, we didn't do it this year. You woke me up to tell me that we didn't get to go to a party? Are you kidding me? I was, I was not pleased. Well, I know some families who, uh, some of the bigger families... They go and change all the clocks when they, they get the kids distracted with the movie, and they change all the clocks, and they have midnight at like ten o'clock. That's awesome. Then the parents go to bed too. <laughs> they pull they pull like a Mister Bean. Remember one year my wife and I did that. We were just tired from the holidays. We want to go anywhere, and before we had kids, I think we actually crashed at like nine or nine thirty. We're just like we're just tired. We've been going like traveling, visiting people. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? Let's just crash. Okay. So, so we, go, we go to bed. And then, of course, around like midnight, quarter after 12, the fireworks in our neighborhood. It's like, pop, pop, pop. But like, oh, yeah, happy New Year, honey. Okay, bye. Back to sleep. Yeah. Um, our New Year's have always been very low-key as a family. Like, we don't go out. We don't. We used to go to my, my parents' place. So we used to do it. At, my oldest was little. And we, and all my siblings, we'd have all, all, we'd have a big. That's when we have our Christmas get together right. for my siblings. That's just was was New Year's Eve, and then we crashed at my parents' place. And but as more of my siblings got married and that sort of stuff, and then well, okay, they're going to do New Year's with their family, with their their in laws, or their right. Sounds really interesting. Tell me more about your family and your low key. Yeah, Year's well, parents. and the thing is, is that it's it's been you know COVID's been weird because no one goes anywhere. But you know what tradition my wife and I started for our own, our own family? We do a seafood supper on New Year's Eve, which I know is kind of like off-season. But yeah, man, you make it like a seafood chowder and you have some salmon or whatever. But you know, it's actually kind of a nice break. Because after you do like enough turkey bird, yeah, you're, you're ready for a piece of fish. Ooh. What? I picked up some turkey at uh, Food Basics. Discount week, grocery store. Last week or week before, 88 cents a pound. That sounds quite cheap. That's the cheapest meat I have seen in probably five years. That, but that sounds suspiciously cheap. They're butterball. So just big, it's a big commercial farming at that point. Then basically, yeah. So this is. So why are they so cheap now? Because they're leftovers from Easter, not Easter, but from Thanksgiving. They're leftovers from Thanksgiving. Okay, from Easter. Good God! No, they're leftovers from Thanksgiving. Good God! Because this is this was two weeks ago. So this is not quite Christmas buying Christmas. Um, eat, turkeys for christmas yet that's this week i bought one today actually because my folks are coming down so we're doing our christmas like a week early with my parents you know normal kind of thing but all the turkeys are coming on like the 22nd of december like you know that that, that midweek yep and i'm in the butcher shop i'm like do you have any turkeys yet it'll be any next week and the guy's like oh no they come on the 22nd so they're all like fresh they're not yeah. frozen and i got mine frozen because you know because i'm not all bougie bougie um i mean a, a fresh a fresh bird is nice. It is. I have to admit that, that that bird we bought that one year with you. Oh, my, my, my buddy's a farmer. I got fresh. Yes, my $75 turkey. Yeah, so that, that was actually really funny because my buddy, um, it was his first year he raised them. It was exceptionally warmer fall. So the birds kept kind of eating. He was feeding them. And they just 
clumped up like ridiculously. I think mine was twenty eight pounds. What was yours like thirty or twenty nine? It was thirty pounds. Or you got yeah, so you got the big ones. You have way more kids. Yes. Yes, you had a thirty pound bird. Mine. I have a big heavy duty baking sheet, the aluminium baking sheet. This is the size of the, the bottom of my oven. And I put that in like on top of the lowest rack with the bird on it. And I had about an inch of clearance between the top elements. You were, you were the same thing, I imagine? Yeah. Yeah, but a, a fresh bird is nice. But uh, so anyway, so, so I, I was there at the butcher shop tonight. And I says, uh, you know, the, the young lad serving me, the young guy, he's like, oh, no, turkeys don't come. And the other guy there didn't even say words, just held a finger up, like to paw. And he runs in the back and he comes out. Here you go. We have one twelve pound turkey. Is that big enough? Oh, that's perfect for you know my, my just my parents, my my wife and kids. It's great. Um, so I took it, and he said it was a leftover from Thanksgiving, but just in the freezer. That was like the one the one turkey they didn't sell. The butcher shop of the hundreds of turkeys they went yeah. out the door. So I was like, ah, sweet. So yeah, it's a good deal. But uh, yeah, yeah, turkey birds are good. I'll probably have I might have duck and geese because like my my in laws are like Danishy and Britishy, so they do the Christmas Eve Danish duck roast duck. And they do a goose on Christmas Day. Well, goose was the big English bird. They the, the, the bird for 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 England. You know why? Because turkey is the new goose. It is kind of because turkey used to be this expensive fancy meat, and goose was the common thing. Everyone could raise geese, so you have a goose. Well, and, and for then it, then hundreds it of years before they came over this way, turkey is a new new world bird. Yeah, there was no turkey. Yeah, so it was goose. Because that's the big bird. That's kind of funny when you think about like all the different kind of turkeys they have for commercial. That they've actually bred them mm-hmm. out of wild turkeys, and not that. I mean, I guess it's been centuries, but still, like it's it, it well, is it's like it's centuries, but not that many centuries. It's not like a you it's know three ish, yeah, three ish, yeah. Kind of interesting. Well, it's like you can't get more English than fish and chips. Probably not. However. Until they went to South America, there was no potatoes. You don't you you associate potatoes with Ireland. There was no potatoes in Ireland before the uh, Spanish went to South America. Yeah, and they brought back different potato plants and planted yeah. them, and that's fun. It is true. Because potatoes originated in the Andes, and of course, for a long time now in the UK, at least twenty or thirty years, or maybe longer, the UK consumes more curry spices per capita. Than India, of course, India consumes more. It's like a billion-ish people, but the UK consumes more curry per capita. I assume most of that's Scotland. <laughs> they love curry in Scotland. Like they they have curry sauce in the chippies there. Well, from my watching British t- TV dramas and stuff like that, I get the feeling that curry is like you go out after drinking, you go out and you get a poutine. Yes, in Canada, you go out. And you get like a uh, yeah poutine, like fries, gravy, cheese. This is or... this is a drunk drunk person's food. In England, it's curry. You go for a curry after when you, well, you after go to you... a chippy where they have different deep fried things like chips. But you get like a fish and chips with curry sauce, or you get a burger and chips with curry sauce, and they just have this big curry sauce gravy that goes on everything. I don't know. I don't know why that is. I guess because like the flavor, because everything was like boiled and fried. Yes. And if you actually look at the medieval food in England, and you take a look at what, what spices are native to the England to to England, I don't even know. I mean, salt. I guess they had salt mines. They had salt. They had nutmeg. They used a lot of nutmeg. Nutmeg's native or clove? Oh, well, cloves were nutmeg is native. Yes. Hmm. Um. But the rest of it. It's and there's a few other things, you know, um, 
chicory root. Uh, chicory. Bay leaves. Um, oh, yeah. Thyme. Parsley. So when you get that curry flavor, that real pop, a bit of kick. But they had nothing spicy. That is true. Except for horseradish. I think horseradish is the only spicy thing that they had. Yeah, and that's... That is true. Whenever you do like a, a British roast beef, there's always horseradish. Mm-hmm. Always. That's interesting. So so what's but your... Wait, wait, oh, and then mint. Mint. Oh, yeah, of course. Wild mint. So so, so the so UK's um, curry obsession aside, what what are you doing for uh, for your New Year's dinner this year? What's the New Year's dinner? We at the, uh, at the Richard probably going to be doing nothing. No one's eating. We, we may grab some fast food because we'll be traveling. Oh, you're traveling, so you're not so you're not doing it proper. So what are you doing for Christmas so, then? What's what, what's your Christmas dinner? Just like turkey bird? Yeah, turkey bird generally. So, or um, I was thinking, you know, if we were going to get be getting together with other people, that's what I was going to do brisket. Oh, that's, that's brisket. a neat idea for Christmas. Um, because I've got a full brisket in the freezer. Brisket. Yeah, cook it slow. That's the way to do it. 26 hours, so, you know. Yep. Um, keeping the heat up in the winter would be interesting. This though, this year, it's like, it's minus, it got down to minus 8 last night, but I think that's the first time in over a month that it's been that cold. Yeah, it kind of just snapped cold this week, the end of the week. It's kind of weird. So, so one thing I've noticed that seems to be different culturally throughout Canada and everywhere is the turkey stuffing. So in Newfoundland, turkey stuffing is really fine breadcrumbs, not like a big chunks, like really fine breadcrumbs, maybe a little bit of very finely chopped onion fried with some kind of fat, butter, margarine, whatever grease you have, salt, pepper, and Newfoundland savory, the savory herb grown in Newfoundland, which tastes, I'll say, better and different because of the soil content where it's grown. And that's basically it. Grease, bread, maybe onion, um, and that's it. And then uh, my mom is from uh, Quebec, and theirs is like, apples and walnuts and raisins and like you know, all kinds of you know and then the, the bigger chunks of bread uh kind of kind of a little more of like a harvest type stuff and you might think about so what so what do you guys do because uh this, like in ontario so growing up the stuffings that we had were generally it's stoved up <laughs> no no it wasn't stoved up stuffing um though actually that's what my dad does now but he he actually takes the drippings of the bird and puts them in the um, stuffing, so it's they're not in the turkey. He's itself. well up in his seventies; he can take shortcuts now. It's yep. fine. Um, well, no, he does it. He does it more like kitchen style. If you, if you go to a restaurant and get a turkey dinner, yeah, they don't do the they don't do the stuffing in the turkey. Oh no, they do like in a pot or something or whatever. Yes, but they do, they take the drippings from the turkey and put them in. Oh yeah, to get that flavor. Yeah, yes, of course, to make it taste like it. I like my stuffing in the turkey. So my stuff. So growing up, our stuffing was fairly. Uh, salt and pepper, very traditional. Salt, pepper, um, poultry seasoning. Poultry seasoning? Yeah, poultry seasoning. What's poultry seasoning? Finely ground sage, rosemary, thyme, and some other stuff. It's basically, oh, okay. it's poultry seasoning. Sure. It smells like Christmas. Nice. Christmas dinner. Um, and then with bread? like bread. Yeah, so, so, so it's bread, but generally it was, it was brown bread. Right. Not white, not white bread. You don't use white bread for stuff. Sure. But it's brown bread, onion, pepper, poultry seasoning, and usually some butter. You have some kind of grease. You have some kind of grease in there. And an egg. An egg? Or just to help, what, to help glom it all together? Yeah. And that was about it for the stuffing. Like, the stuffing hmm. didn't have a whole lot of stuff in it. My stuffing, it's closer to... It's mostly chicken wings. <laughs> I, use bacon, I use bacon bits. Oh, that's an interesting one. Bacon bits and stuff. But I, I've done apples. I, I, I like, I've done cranberries in there. 
Um, raisins are good. Raisins are de- pr- pretty decent. Um, I like nuts. Um, not walnuts per se. I prefer these nuts or <laughs> I dem pre- nuts. Dem nuts. Dem nuts. Yeah. No, I prefer like almonds or uh, I haven't tried almonds. That, that, that's actually kind of a Danish notion because they love almonds in Denmark. Also in Holland. So that was a, when we were talking last episode about um, Christmas stuff. Yes. I forgot to mention the the almond paste. That's very big in Denmark. So yeah. almond rings, the paste, you know, uh, filled right. with almond paste, or you know, there's this big Christmas thing. Yeah. What's what's the chocolate covered almond paste thing? Um, oh, the tip of my tongue. Marzipan. Yeah, marzipan. That's it. That's exactly marzipan. So, is so mar- huge. So like Danish marzipan is a big deal. Yeah, it's a big like in the it, Netherlands as well. Uh, so you know the Danish European delicatessen downtown, they have marzipan pigs, a pig, like shaped piece of marzipan. It's painfully sweet. Oh, the other big Dutch thing, which you know, I I, I associate it with the holidays because that's when we get get it is licorice, and when I say licorice, I mean licorice, not you know the, the real black licorice. We have like well, the thing is that, done. the thing is is that licorice comes from the licorice root. If it doesn't have licorice root in it, it's not licorice. It's just candy. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I like Twizzlers, but that's not licorice. It's candy. Yeah. yeah. So, and so they, they, and the Dutch like their licorice salty. You've told me about this before in the podcast. It's like salty black licorice. Doubles out. Yeah. You have like one or two pieces and you're like, yeah, I'm doublesing out until next year. I have a couple of pieces, and you can feel your heart, your your blood blood pressure go because of the salt. That's really funny. Well, also, licorice root raises blood pressure too. Does it really? Yes. Why? Um, I don't know. Science. Because of things. Yeah. So, so basically, actually, licorice root. Um, you can't get you can't get real licorice in North in uh, the U.S. because um, the state of California um, determined it has cancer causing. Yes. I feel like anything that potentially causes cancer at all is, is not being identified. I'm not sure how useful... Like, I understand the intent of what California was doing there. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how useful it is. But anyway, to sum up this podcast and, and New Year's, New Year's good. Spend it with family. Turkey good. Yes. <laughs> is that basically it? Food good, family good, happy New Year's? Yeah. Yeah. Food good, fam- you know, family good, happy New Year's. Happy New Year's. And safe travels. Yeah, and if you're um, Jewish, I guess it's uh, Chinese food for you. For Christmas? No, New Year's. Oh, Christmas too. Oh, Christmas too, yeah. That's that, that, so, so that's a joke I made to my friend Jenny, who's very Jewish yeah. from Connecticut. And I said, oh, I love having yeah, a traditional right. no, Jewish is, Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, it is Christmas, not New Year's. I, I, said, I, I said to her before, I said, I, I, I love a traditional Jewish Christmas. She's like, what do you mean? You go out for Chinese food. She's like, oh yeah, we do that. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so if you're Jewish on New Year's... Because that's the one thing that was the Chinese didn't celebrate either. So that was, the, that was the one thing that was open was the, the Chinese restaurants. It's, it's a very New York, I think, Jewish yeah. or, or New England Jewish thing to do. Yeah, yeah. so um, Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's, other holiday things. Yep. Um, hey, so, so Chinese people, they get like two New Year's then. They get the Chinese one, then they get ours. Yeah, when they're over here, why not? Yeah. How, I want to get in on the Chinese New Year. That's a holiday I want to get in on somehow. I don't. I don't know how to do that, but I want. No, we, we have. We've had the mooncakes on the show. Episode, on the show. Yeah, we well, we'll have to do that when New Year's comes. We need to find. We need to make some Chinese friends. I have some Chinese friends. 
I need to. I need to make. I need to make better Chinese friends who will invite me to a <laughs> New Year's party. I've anyway, got plenty of Asian friends. It's like some of them are Chinese. I guess. But I most guess some of them are probably Chinese. I got lots of Asian friends. Some are probably Chinese. Well, I, I, I know. I know. Probably. I know. The thing is that a lot of them are like okay. Yeah, you you're visually Asian. But you're more Canadian than I am. Yeah, yeah, because like great, great, great grandma came over from China or something. Yes, and, uh, you know, um, great, 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 great grandfather, grandpa worked on the railroads. You know, so I mean, so I guess since this is December thirty first, this is early, but uh, Gung Hei Fat Choi, right? am I right? Gung Hei Fat Choi. What'd you call me? What'd you call me? <laughs> what you call me? That's Happy New Year's in Chinese. Uh, Gung Hei Fat Choi, Happy New Year's, and uh, podcast out. Podcast out. Podcast out. It's a good ending. I like that podcast out. It will get annoying quickly, though. Yes. All right. (laughs) Middle-aged man talk. Thank you so much for listening. Please check us out on Patreon. (laughs) Woof.